gentlemen guys and girls how's it going welcome to the daily degenerate podcast collaborating with hot takes and tp3 we are here to do the al and nl west we have already done the central and the east thomas penland what do you think what's going on today hey you know what guys i woke up this morning and as sad as i am to say this but at the same time as happy as i am to say this it's the first morning in a long time where I woke up and I was actually excited to get out of bed this morning. You know why? Because we have sports today. Baseball's back! That's what I'm saying, and I can't even lie to y'all either. I might have watched um, at least three, four innings of every single preseason game that's been televised so far. And yesterday I might have watched two whole preseason games and four preseason NBA games. So if y'all can tell, we're sports we're sports deprived over here. Those American sports just hit different, don't they? Like. Oh, you, you'll hear no argument from me. So I mean, the fact that you can't tie, it just changes everything, you know? I hate betting on three outcomes. We've said it before. We'll say it again. Soccer is fun mm-hmm. to bet on whenever it's a big cup game or it's your team or something like that. But I just – I can't get behind the draw. I can't get behind the teams that don't have shit to play for that just kind of park the bus and just do whatever. So I'm glad that we actually have some true outcome American sports coming back. Yeah, I'm a, I'm 100% with you there, Cohen. I'm excited, man. I mean, tonight, I mean, honestly, tonight has as much excitement as like the first uh, is like the first NFL game of the season or yeah. that first Thursday you get college football back. That's how I feel tonight. Yeah, it sure does. Well, it's high noon because we are heading out west. Take it out west. What's that song the Jack Boys released? Take it out west. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, where we're going that's today thomas right. penland uh we're going to start off in the al and we talked a little bit about this last episode you said that guys like bryce harper will benefit from fans not being there to heckle him and get on his ass and shit like that mm-hmm. do you think the same goes for the astros for people that want to heckle the astros and you know the fans that kind of feed on the beam thing and do you think that helps the astros no fans being there um, I actually am going to agree and say that I think it does help the Astros, the fact that there's no fans there. A lot of people I've heard have been saying, oh, they're going to be scared to get hit by pitches. They're going to be standing out in the batter's box. I mean, if someone, like, hits you bad with a pitch, the pitcher is going to get ejected. So, I mean, I don't think you're going to see starting pitchers like Kershaw or, like, big-time starting pitchers just throwing inside trying to hit Astros pitchers for no reason. I mean, their teams are relying on them out there, if you know what I mean. And on top of that, Walk is worth point is worth point three runs when you think of it in a perspective of kind of like betting and mm-hmm. value wise. And I mean, I don't think teams are just going to be hitting them out of nowhere in these. I, I you know I feel like it's going to be games where they're more so getting blown out that they might start plunking the Astro hitters rather yep. than it being just you know straight up to begin. What do you think? Yeah, I I think you're 100 percent right. I think that in this 60 game vacuum, teams that are in it 
won't necessarily burn their starter on on using them to hit somebody or bean somebody. It'll be the teams like the Orioles or they're not even playing the Orioles, but it'll be teams like the Rangers and the Mariners. And you know, if the, if the Angels don't have really a, a a great start to the season, I could see them, you know, kind of starting to join the train. But it won't it won't be teams who are in the hunt. It won't be teams who can afford to burn a game or can't afford to burn a game. It'll be the Mariners who, whenever they're getting blown out, they'll they'll start kind of getting frustrated and it, thing will fly off the handle. Hey, a little bit of a plot twist, though. I could definitely see. I could maybe see if they play the Dodgers. The Dodgers throw out there the worst bullpen in, or the worst pitcher in their whole rotation to start the game off, and he's coming high and inside till he hits somebody or gets ejected. Because it was because it was them who really got screwed by the whole. Mm-hmm. So I could see them taking it a little bit more personal than your average team. No, absolutely. But also at the same time, I see the Dodgers coming for their freaking necks. I could see fights and every. I mean, shoot, if I played on the Dodgers and I was out there against the Astros. My mouth would be moving nonstop talking yep. smack. Yes, I, I, I would too. I, I, I couldn't – I don't think it's as huge of a deal in terms of the vacuum of, of, of cheating, but the actual reception of, of the cheating and the Astros and their lack of apology and things like that has been way worse than I would have expected because there are teams that cheat every year in every sport. It's just the teams that get caught. But it seems like this was different to baseball players and baseball fans because you were messing with people's livelihoods and stuff like that. But I I don't think if, – if this was a regular 162-game season, I would, I would expect a little bit more of it. But in this sprint to the finish line, nah – Speaking of a 60-game sprint, Thomas Penland, we see the Oakland Athletics as a team who usually starts off sort of slow but finds their stride in the middle and end of the season. Is this season a little bit too short for a team like the Oakland Athletics who could find a way to get behind the eight ball and there won't be enough time to rebound? Um, Wait, say that one more time. You said that the season would be too short for them? Yeah, it's a season too short for the Oakland Athletics. No, absolutely not. And to be honest with you, if the Astros are just uninterested and whatnot because it's a short season, I think the A's will win this division. To be honest with you, I love the A's rotation. I know they did lose A.J. Puck for a good bit of the season, possibly even the whole season. But, I mean, still, they got guys like Daniel Megden and Chris Bassett in the back end of their rotation. Then when you have Frankie Montas, Sean Manaya, and Mike Fires as your first three pitchers, I mean, in my opinion, that's one of the best rotations in all of baseball to go with a very, very good bullpen. I mean, even when you look at that batting order, too, they can get it done at the plate. I honestly love the A's, and to be honest with you, I was even like, I mean, I just think the Astros are so darn good that it's hard to pick against them, and I feel like if they have a competitive bone in their body that they're going to come out here and prove to everyone that they are that good and they don't need to cheat to be that good. But, I mean, I think this A's team stacked up, and, I mean, I have a hard time seeing them not making the playoffs. The only reason that I do have a hard time making the playoffs is because of what we usually see from the Oakland Athletics. Kind of start the season, kind of, you know, 500 mm-hmm. through the first 40 games, and then they start to hit their stride late. I, I do think the season's a little bit too short for a team like the Rays and a team like the Athletics, who usually takes them a little bit of time to find their footing and, and, and to get ready. So that's going to be a big talking point if, if they come out of the gate not so hot in this season. Yeah, you know, they didn't as much last year, but I also feel like it took them just a little bit of time, you know, to find their footing and to get the lineup right. Because, I mean, some of these guys kind of emerged as the season went on. But, you know, I feel like the A's, man, they always got the right guys. And especially pitching is going to be huge. And when you got a bullpen and starting rotation like they do, I just feel, I just feel like they're definitely going to make the playoffs. So um, we're going to talk about the L.A. Angels, the Anaheim Angels as we know, know them. Um, did they add enough pieces beside Mike, Mike Trout to kind of – bolster the team and, and and make it to where they're actually competitive this year or, or is it all for moot 
Um, I think the Angels went out and made the right, got the right position players, and they kind of built up a lineup. I mean, when you look at it now, they still have Justin Upton. You get Andrelson Simmons and Tommy LaStella, who were knocking the cover off the ball back and got hurt last year. Then, obviously, you add Rendon, the big bopper in there. You got Otani. I think they have the right lineup they need around um, Mike Trout, and I think that is the best lineup and supporting cast he's had. But my question is still in the starting pitching. I mean, when I look at this pitching man, Julio Tehran or Otani is probably their best pitcher. And I mean, I don't know if that's enough to get it done, especially with Otani on a short season coming back off a major injury. Especially not out west. Um, it may not be enough, but I do like what the Angels did. Went out and got Rendon. Went out and I mean, you know, you got your Julio Tehran who who is an innings eater. You know, you, you go out and you made the right moves. I'm not sure if it's enough. Um, I do like the build of the Angels over over the season. And I actually have them, you know, spoiler alert, I actually have them finishing one game ahead of the Oakland Athletics. Interesting. I like how you have it precisely down to how many games these teams are going to win. It's harder for me to judge that, but I mean, except for, for the Red Sox, that was the only team total I took this season for wins just because I know it's going to be a weird year with all these players getting suspended and everything. The way I look at the Red Sox can only get worse and I'm already down on them, but I just think that's funny that you got them all down to the down to the exact games they're going to win. I love yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I, I'm excited, dude. With no sports, you just sit here and you just think. That's all you can do is sit <laughs> here and think. So, Thomas oh, Penland, um, the, the Seattle Mariners have had a lot of good pitching prospects go through their ranks. Taiwan Walker has not lived up to expectations. Can, can Taiwan Walker battle back and become the starting pitching prospect that we thought he was? I don't know. See, it's tough for guys coming from Seattle just because I feel like there's such like a losing, um, you know, just like a losing feeling and morale around the clubhouse and everything. I feel like this team feels like they've already given up and the season's kind of already over for them before it's even started. But realistically, you know, I feel like if anything for the Mariners, they're just going to try to throw out there all the experienced guys they have early and build up their stock and then sell high at the trade deadline and kind of turn this team into all the prospects who are getting no time to play, obviously, because there's no minor league. And I think that in the, at the end of the day, this will be a skeleton crew come the trade deadline. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. We saw last year that the Mariners started out so hot, and then by the All-Star mm-hmm. break, their season was over. It was just sad. And I kind of feel the same way. It's that the, the Mariners, there's no real incentive to play hard because they, they won't put a team around you, and you're in the very back corner of the Pacific Northwest. It's just not a good look for the for the Seattle Mariners. Um, let's talk about the Rangers. Are the Rangers still a few years out, or, or could they compete this year? Um, I honestly think the Rangers can compete this year. I'm a huge starting pitching guy, and when you look at the Rangers rotation, you have Lance Lynn, Mike Miner, and Corey Kluber as your first three. I mean, Kyle Gibson and Jordan Lyles are both respectable pitchers. I'm not going to sit here and tell you guys they're studs by any means, but when you look at the top of this rotation, you have three guys who are pretty much all-star caliber pitchers, and you have Kluber. I mean, he's coming off a little bit of an injury, but I feel like Kluber at 80% is better than 80% of the pitchers still in the big leagues with how good he is. Then when you turn around and you look at this batting order, I mean, you get Joey Gallo and you get Todd Frazier to hit behind him. Um, I, I honestly really like this Rangers team. I feel like they got a lot of young, exciting guys in this order and everything. And I think the Rangers are a sleeper team to finish above the Angels, actually, in this division. So they get a new ballpark. Uh, it is no longer the ballpark at Arlington. It is, it is something I've been else there, too. I, yeah. Have you? Is it nice? Oh, no, I've been to Arlington. Arlington was nice. I enjoyed my time there, but unfortunately, you know, they moved on. Actually, George Bush threw out the first pitch. Crazy thing about it, his first return ever. It was like against the Yankees, and they did like a special thing, like his return to throwing out the first pitch after he did after 9-11 when he threw a perfect strike. And what do you know? He threw a perfect strike again. So it was cool. It was a nice experience. 
So um, with, with the new park, we don't really know all the dimensions yet. and We don't know how hitters are going to respond to it. Joey Gallo had a monster year last year hitting home runs. Is he going to have the same kind of year this year, scaled down to 60 games? Um, I think Joey Gallo personally is going to get walked a lot. I mean, when you look, they add Todd Frazier in there at first base and he's going to hit behind Joey Gallo. So I feel like teams are going to want nothing to do with Joey Gallo and they're going to go for a guy like Todd Frazier, who's notorious for chasing bad pitches. And I, you know, I honestly think that's the best way to build this order is to be, and if they're going to have to pitch to Joey Gallo, then odds are you're going to see the ball fly out of the park with the way it flies out nowadays. So I think Gallo will have a good season. I just think he's going to get walked a lot. Are the Astros still the number one team to beat, clear-cut, no questions asked, in the AL West? Absolutely. You know, when you bring back pretty much all the hitting that they already have, and I mean, yeah, you lost Garrett Cole, but when you look at that rotation at the end of the day, you have Justin Verlander, you get Lance McCullers back, who was out last year. You still have Zach Grinke. I mean, Joshua James is respectable. I mean, I still think the Astros have a good rotation and everything, and I still think that they're a team to be reckoned with, and I mean, until that they fall off and don't win that division, I feel like that they're always the top dog. Yeah, and bringing in a guy like Dusty Baker, I think, can only improve their club. Like, he's so positive, he's so upbeat, and we, we know mm-hmm. he, he can manage a lineup. So, I thought, I, 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 at first, going into this offseason, I'm like, ah, well, the Astros are going to kind of try to lay out of the limelight and try to, maybe they'll take a step back, losing Cole, da-da-da-da. But I think they're just as good, honestly. Like, I, I still think it's clear-cut their division to lose. No, I, I agree with you completely. I mean, until, until they don't come in first, you know, it's kind of one of those things with the Patriots. Until the Patriots don't win the division, it's theirs to lose. Yep. Um, let's see what else we got. So Verlander, Justin Verlander, do you think that he will benefit from the increased rest and the shorter amount of games, or do you think it'll take a toll on him mentally? No, I think he'll benefit from it. You know, when you're an older guy like that, you can come out and throw everything you got in those first couple games. So that's going to be the weirdest thing to judge at this baseball season is there's a lot of younger guys and even a lot of older guys, you know, who aren't going to be giving Matt, you know, regardless of what people say, when you play 162 games, there's still going to be 10, 15 games a night where, you know, you're not out there giving max effort, whether you're hungover, tired, you're just uninterested, you know, there's going to be nights where you're going to be like that. And I feel like in this 60 game season, we're going to see some of these guys go out there and play every single night hard. And, you know, I, I honestly think the biggest thing is going to be, you know, as much as that I didn't really pick these, it's hard to judge who the sleeper teams are going to be to step up in this. But, I mean, there's going to be a couple. I mean, if I had to guess there's going to be at least one of these blue chip teams that everyone thinks is a shoe in who's going to struggle early. And then they're going to have to fight and claw and push and press to try to get out of that position. And it's not going to work for them. You know, that's it. That's how it always happens in sports. But I think especially in a compressed 60 game season that it has an even bigger chance of happening. All right, so the last open-ended question for the AL West that I have is about Shohei Otani. We all know him. We all love him. Mm-hmm. What do you think, or how much do you think we will see Shohei Otani this year? Do you think he starts, DHs every day, and then, you know, are, are, are we full-on Otani mode, or are we still scary and we still playing, playing him timid? Um, I think that he'll be in the uh, lineup as a DH pretty much every single day, except for the day before and after that he pitches. I think, I think they'll give him a rest on those days and who knows on the days he's in there pitching, he might even hit DH still, but you know, I think, I think we'll see Otani more than we have in the past. Absolutely. And I honestly think though, he'll struggle a little bit pitching, you know, he only really pitched what one year in the MLB and then he got hurt his arm and then yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, I think that Otani with that arm injury, I mean, I don't think he's going to be as effective as a pitcher. I think it's going to take him one more year to get back to where he's supposed to be as a pitcher, but I still think he's going to swing the lumber because, I mean, last year he was killing the ball. Do you think it's the right decision to have him in there every day? 
Absolutely. You got to have your best players in there and you got to give yourself a fighting chance. I mean, Mike Trout and my, I mean, Mike Trout is literally the LeBron James of baseball and we never get to see him in the playoffs. He doesn't get the respect he deserves. I feel like you have to put him in there every day just to do Mike Trout the way he should be. I'll tell it to you like the same way my high school baseball coach told me my best nine hitters play. I will find a way to have my best nine hitters out on the, on the field. Like you need to manufacture runs and show Otani does that. Thomas Penland, let's move on to some X factors for every single team in the AL West. Talk about the Astros. To replace the production of Garrett Cole, it will not be a one-man job, but I think the one man that will shine is Lance McCullers. Yeah, I'm actually going to agree with you on that one completely. I was kind of pissed last night. Somebody took McCullers two picks before me in fantasy baseball, so I I completely agree with you on that one. I think Lance McCullers is going to be the big guy who's going to have to step in. I was kind of expecting a big season out of him last year, and then he went down, so it's a good time for him to bounce back with all the time he's had off. It is. It's make or break for him. Um, for the athletics, I have two. You can you can take whichever one I don't have because I know who you're thinking of. Um, I think I think you're thinking of Sean Manea. But if you are thinking of Sean Manea, I'll go with uh, Bob Melvin, the manager, because the Ast- or the the A's are a team that needs to get off to a good start and needs to have a success consistently in order to make the playoffs. Yeah, I'm actually going to go with Frankie Montas as being their biggest player. He was killing it last year before he got suspended for. Uh, for taking uh, human growth hormones. So, you know, I think if that he can come out and pitch the way he did last year, especially with them bumping him up to his number one and the way he's looked so far, I mean, I think that can be a massive shot in the arm. Because you know Mike Fires knows how to pitch. He's a veteran. You know Sean Manaya is still a young guy, but he's got good stuff. Like I said, you know, they, they have a good rotation. And if Montas can be that surefire number one, it's going to make them even better. Let's talk about the L.A. Angels and who the, who the X Factor for them is. Um, I have Anthony Rendon written down. I know it's kind of a low-hanging fruit and it's an easy answer, but I think if he can add any sort of protection to, to Mike Trout and kind of take some of the pressure off him, it could benefit that team threefold. Yeah, I'm actually going to go different from you on this one. I think the hitting will be there regardless. I'm really concerned with the pitching. I think this is one of the worst rotations I've seen, so I think they're going to need Andrew Haney to step in and be a true number one or at least number two. You know, They're going to need some good quality starts from him, and they're going to need him to really lead this rotation. Also, Julio Tehran as well. I think they need, gonna... It just needs someone to step up. You just need some mm-hmm. pitcher to step up and give two good starts in a row to set the pace for this team going forward. I agree with you completely. It's going to come down to pitching. That hitting, that hit, that lineup is talented enough as is without one player producing. I think it's all, got to come all down on the starting pitching. And hell, to be honest with you, I actually think that last year's Angels starting rotation was worse because Trevor Cahill got hurt real early in the season. So I, I, I think last year they were way worse than they are this year. Um, the Rangers. <sighs> My question is for Corey Kluber, the X Factor for the Rangers. Can he, can he be good outside of Cleveland? I think he can, honestly. I think he's going to have a good year for the Rangers. And, I mean, there's not as much pressure on him as you think there is being the name he is. I mean, you got Mike Miner and Lance Lynn in front of him in that rotation. So, you know, I think Kluber can get back to the Kluber he was or, you know, at least maybe. I mean, if you think about it, man, Kluber's throws, you know, a lot of high-speed pitches. He's a big strikeout pitcher. And in this day and age, you're going to give up some home runs. You know, I think he'll give up some home runs. But at the end of the day, I think Kluber's going to get the job done and be able to pitch deep in games like he has in the past. So let's, uh, last X factor we got is for the Seattle Mariners. Um, guy that used to play for the Braves that was traded off for assets, uh, Malik Smith. I think Malik Smith is a really, really, really good baseball player, but can he turn the corner from being a really, really good baseball player to a cornerstone piece of your franchise? 
No, I mean, to be honest with you, man, the Mariners really have nothing going for them right now. The best thing they can do is hope that these veteran guys play decent and these teams that really, really want to win in a shortened season will buy them and give them decent assets in return or give them something in return. That's the best thing the Mariners can hope for is to build up people's stock and get good assets for them, selling them off. I'll put it to you this way. Seattle does not have a top 80 starting pitcher in baseball, which is which is uh, a telltale sign that you have a really, really, really bad rotation or some of the guys that you do have aren't valued enough, but I bet it's the former. Thomas Penland, if the if the Mariners start as well as they did last year, they have a chance. What were they like twenty four and nine or twenty two and nine or something like that? If they can start like that, they have a chance. But I think we all know that is not going to happen. Yeah, they also had a better lineup last year. And D Gordon, I don't know if they've said anything on him, but it was reported that he might possibly have had coronavirus. And then you don't have Mitch Haniger as well for the entire season. So I mean, you're pretty much down your two best players to start the season off. I don't see it happening with as bad as they are. I don't see. D Gordon on the projected lineup, so he will not. Yeah, be that's there. Not, so that's that's, that's, I, I, that's a shot in the back for them. Absolutely, I'll search him right now and double check for us. Got him pulled up right here. All right. Yeah, no, it says it says he should be good to go. So I don't know why he's not in there. It says he's healthy. Well, he's not in the projected lineup, but who knows? With all this yeah. lineup shifting going around, we never really will know. Um, mm-hmm. until he plays. So let's shift gears and go over to the National League. Um. I know it seems like a one-horse race, and I personally think it's a one-horse race. Talk me off of that ledge, Thomas Benland. Has anybody else got a shot? At the at the NL West? Yeah. Um, no, nah, I agree with you. I mean, if the Dodgers don't win this division, it's absolutely embarrassing. They could afford having two or three players get Corona and still have a top-10 lineup in the MLB. That's how stacked up they are. And plus, I feel like with a shortened season and the motivation they have of the, coming out to the Astros cheated as well, the Astros or, or the Dodgers are going to be even more motivated to go ahead and win. They just locked up Mookie Betts long term. They're going to have Gavin Lux join the team at some point in time. I mean, the Dodgers, man, the Dodgers. I just don't. Um, at this point in time, they're running out of excuses to keep blowing these opportunities to win championships. Yeah, and and, and some of that 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 pressure goes on um, Dave Roberts because he's had the best lineups in baseball for the past four or five years, and he just can't find a way to win that last series in the playoffs. Win, winning a World Series is hard, but it should shouldn't be that hard with the lineup you have. Um, we're gonna keep on with the Dodgers. How much does the insane? I have insane in all capital letters and underlined three times. Insane amount of depth. How much does that help them in the shortened season? Helps them a ton because, you know, you can afford to give guys days off like these other teams can't. So be more fresh when you get to the playoffs and avoid injuries, you know. And if this guy and if one of your key guys isn't playing well, you know, you can afford to give them a day off. Unlike these other teams where you can't really afford to. Like there's a lot of times, especially in MLB seasons, where someone will go through a drought and you'll be like, ah, you said your knee hurts. You're on the seven day IL, you know, we'll go down to AAA, get some at bats. We'll see you again in seven days. You know, like they can't do it this year. You can't afford it. Exactly. You can't afford to do that. So, I mean, I think it. I think it's massive. They added um, Mookie Betts and David Price in the offseason, namely, um, how, what's the impact of those two guys coming to L.A.? Well, David Price has already announced that he's going to sit out the entire season. and then, But I think Mookie Betts coming over is huge just because, I mean, they pretty much – I mean, you pretty much traded Verdugo and some prospects. I mean, when you think about it, yeah, Verdugo's a good player. But, I mean, it's Mookie freaking Betts. They're not even in the same, t- the same conversation of – 
skill wise. And so, Mookie I mean, just I, now signed his three hundred million dollar deal, didn't he? Like thirteen years, twelve years, three hundred mil and change. Yeah, and I mean, when you look at it from a standpoint too for the Dodgers, I mean, how how can you make a team that's already that good that much better? And, and they, that's did. What they did. They did. They did. They found a way to bring in goddamn David Price and Mookie Betts. Mm-hmm. Um, is this the year the Dodgers get over the hump? I, I think it is. I picked them to win the World Series. I think they're too stacked, and I think they have the better pitching than the Yankees. The Yankees, after Garrett Cole, I still have some questions in that rotation. So, I mean, I'm all in on the Dodgers winning the World Series, man. <clears throat> Let's shift gears and go to the Arizona Diamondbacks, the team that I have finishing second in the NL West. Um, who's the bigger addition, Madison Bumgarner or Sterling Marte? I would say Starling Marte. I mean, Starling Marte was killing the ball before he got hurt last year in Pittsburgh. I mean, and that was in Pittsburgh where he almost had no protection around him in the lineup. Now Zero. you can put him, it's, yeah. Now you put him and Cattell Marte back to back in that batting order and changes everything. And I mean, it can make up for a lot of your sins too. Um, did you kind of have the feeling that this may not be a very pretty Arizona ride for Madison Bumgarner because of how old he is? Um. I actually think that it will be a pretty pretty ride. I mean, at the end of the day, I still think that the Diamondbacks have one of the best starting pitching rotations in baseball. I mean, obviously, Madison Bumgarner is a little bit older at this point. But, I mean, when you look, you have Madison Bumgarner, Robbie Ray, Zach Gallen, Luke Weaver, and Merrick Kelly. I mean, that's pretty freaking stacked top to bottom. And you can afford for Madison Bumgarner. I mean, even 80% or even a little bit aged Madison Bumgarner is still, in my opinion, a top 30 pitcher in the MLB. Yeah, it is. Um, I could see this going awry because of his injury concern and because of his age. I think that that's the move they had to do to bring him in because mm-hmm. he's from the area and, and and because your fans were clamoring for it, so there's no way that you couldn't do it. But I'm a little skeptical about Madison Bumgarner's, Madison Bumgarner's career in the next three, four years in, in Arizona. Um, Mike Leake opted out um, of the season uh, – I think about a month ago, he was one of the first ones to opt out. What's the impact of Arizona losing him? I don't think it's that massive because, I mean, like I said, I think that their rotation is stacked, and I think the Diamondbacks are being a little slept on right now, to be honest with you. I think they're flying under the radar a little bit. So I don't think it's that big of a deal losing Mike Leake, and ultimately I don't think that it'll have much of an effect on Arizona this season. The San Francisco uh, Giants have had a losing record for four straight seasons. Is there anything that tells you they will not have a losing season this year? To be honest with you, Cohen, I don't know if they'll win double-digit games this season. I mean, when you you look at this team and you say, I don't know if they can get much worse, well, it happened. Brandon Brandon Belt and Evan Longoria went to the DL on, I think, Tuesday for 10 days. And then on top of that, you already had Buster Posey opt out. And look, I think that Buster Posey opting out is the big is the worst thing that could have happened to this team because their starting catcher now has less than ten starts in the MLB. And I mean, a catcher like I'm such a catcher as good as Buster Posey, he can make up for a lot of these pitchers' sins by you know calling a good game and know and being so familiar with these teams. Like especially someone as good as Buster Posey, he's probably a top five catcher in all of baseball. When you lose somebody of that caliber, man, I mean, it, it, he's irreplaceable in my opinion. So I mean, I, I think it's only going to keep getting worse for this team. Yeah, like, listen to the guys that they lost. Uh, you lose your manager, Bruce Bochy. Buster Posey's out for the season because he chose to sit out. Madison Bumgardner. Will Smith goes to the Braves, the relief pitcher, not the catcher. Kevin Pillar, Stephen Vogt, Fernando Abad, and Mike Gerber. That's that's almost a whole lineup that you just lost right there. Yeah, you, you, said, you said it best. I mean, they also lost Mark Melanson and Will Smith, arguably two of the best bullpen pitchers in baseball. They don't have either of them anymore, and I mean – 
swapping out Bruce Bochy for for uh, Gabe Kapler is literally the equivalence of like swapping out Coach K for like Texas State's head coach in basketball. You know what I mean? Like it's literally swapping out a Hall of Fame manager for like literally like one of the worst in the sport. So we saw Gabe Kapler criminally underachieve last year in Philly, a team that should have made the playoffs but didn't. Do you have any hope for Gabe Kapler in San Francisco? Because I don't. Um, to be honest with you, I have no hope for San Francisco. I mean, to be fair to Gabe Kapler, he is being handed probably the worst lineup possible and some of the worst pitching. I mean, they're actually, I'm not going to say some of the worst pitching. There's a lot worse rotations, but he's being handed a pretty bad and decimated team. Who's, I mean, in a 60 game season, this team is going to come out. They play the Dodgers, their first four games. They're probably going to lose every single one of them. And they're probably going to go already be down and down. I mean, by the time that they get Longoria and belt back, they might be owing seven and their entire season's going to be over. So, I mean, I just think that you got to put your manager in positions to succeed. And they didn't even do that for him here. Hell, I think that this rotation is worse than the angels. Your best really, your, your best starter is Johnny Cueto. Then you go to Jeff Samarja, who's a shell of his former self. Then you got Kevin Gosman, who I like because of his time with the Braves, but he's just a jag, just another guy. <laughs> Drew Smiley, and then Logan Webb. I, that is just a top-to-bottom, not a very good rotation. I don't know. I think it might be better than the Angels, to be honest with you. I like Cueto better than any pitcher the Angels have, but at the same time, Cueto has like nine appearances in the last two seasons. So It depends. If we get good Shohei Otani, I, I, I'll take him over Cueto. If we don't, I probably won't. <laughs> so a, a team that you're very excited about is the San Diego Padres. Oh, yeah. Um, Jace Tingler is in his first year as manager. Is that a cause for concern with a lineup with this much talent having a first-year manager take control? Yeah, and, you know, they got a lot of young guys, too, and they got a lot of new pieces as well. Um, I really, really like this Padres team. I think it might just be one year too soon for them. They're still putting everything together. I mean, if they can keep Tatis out there, when you look at what he did, only playing about, I think, like 80 games last season, what he did last year was absolutely crazy. Um, Back to you, add Tommy Pham in there and Trent Grisham. I think Trent Grisham is being underrated. And honestly, the fact that, too, you get a DH now. Will Myers doesn't have to play the field anymore, and he can Mm -hmm. play DH. So. You got Eric Hosmer. I feel like that that top those first six batters for this team is really, really, really good and scary. I still have some questions though in their starting rotation. I know Chris Paddock's going to be what he is. Dan, um, Danielson, Lamet. I still have some questions about Garrett Richards as well. Zach Davies and Joey Lucchese are decent. I could kind of know what you're going to get from them, but if the Padres can bring up some of these pitching prospects they have and get something from them midseason, you know, get them in midseason form. I think it could be good for them because they probably have the second-best bullpen in the entire MLB. People don't talk enough how Kirby Yates was 41-43 last year in safe situations. Yeah, and then you also you know get to move Drew Pomeranz from the starting rotation to the to the bullpen. Emilio Pagan, Michael Baez, Bedner, Munoz, Strong Frank Stamen. Yeah, Matt Strom as well. I, I don't even see Matt Strom on here, so that just goes to our point. Um, I like four out of the five uh, rotation guys. I like Chris Paddock. I like Garrett Richards. I like Zach Davies, and I like Joey Lucchesi. Um, Danielson Lamette, I'm not, I'm not going to lie, I don't know much about him. But if you can sure up that number two spot with somebody really, really, really good, I think that they could be one year ahead of schedule. No, I mean, I would love to see them get in the playoffs. I think they're a fun young team to watch, and they got a lot of power in that lineup. But – you know, it might just be one year too early still for him. 
So the last team we're going to talk about is the Colorado Rockies. One thing that I think is kind of weird about the Colorado Rockies is that on a year-to-year basis, they don't seem to change much. Like, we're st- we're, are we just going to let it ride with this core of Blackman, Story, and Arenado? Like, how long is that going to – like, how long are they going to keep on throwing out the same lineup every year? Yeah, it, I think that it'll probably come to an end here soon. I mean, I think that Arenado probably would have gotten traded if they could have got the right pieces for him. When I look at this lineup for their first five hitters, I see one of the most stacked lineups in all of baseball. I mean, you have the power with Trevor Story. You have Blackman and Arenado's consistency. Daniel Murphy, you know, he can he's definitely going to hit for average as well. Same thing with David Dahl. But it's really that back half of that batting order that hurts them. But not even that. The pitching is atrocious. I mean, Herman Marquez and Kyle Freelander were such highly taught-after prospects. And they, I mean, they showed promise for a while, but they took major regression steps last year. I like John Gray, but, you know, outside of John Gray, I just have so many questions with his pitching. I just feel like it's going to all backfire in the Rockies' face. I like Antonio Sensatella, but in Coors Field, I'm not quite sure if I like him. He's a real heavy contact guy. Gets a lot of balls hit out of the park, low strikeout numbers, kind of like Julio Tehran. So I'm not sure that I like him in Colorado. Maybe get him out of there into a more pitcher-friendly park. I mean, it's tough, though, to be a pitcher in Colorado. So, I mean, I can't dog these guys too much. It's hard to be a pitcher in Colorado. It is. Do the, do the Rockies have any chance of competing, Thomas Pinlin? Yeah get something together in this pitching then absolutely they can compete when you have the power that they have in that lineup i mean they can definitely compete so it's gonna be interesting to see if they can get something together with the starting lineup or with the starting pitching we're gonna talk about the um nl runner-ups the dodgers give me your x factor going forward for the dodgers i mean that's pretty tough to pick one with how stacked up they are but for my x factor i'm gonna go with justin turner i feel like when he can hit for an average and get on base like we've seen him do in the past, that he just kind of sets the tone for the rest of this lineup. He's probably, I think he hits second in their order. So when you have your number two guy come up there and get on base, and you got Bellinger and Betts right after him, it's pretty tough to get to get out of that. It's all about getting to Bellinger and Betts, not striking out so they can't hit until the next inning. I agree with you 100%. I think it is very tough to pick just one. I do think Justin Turner sets the tone, not just on the field, but off the field for this uh, Dodgers lineup. But because it's so hard to pick just one and all the players are so good and they have so much depth, I'm going to go with Dave Roberts. How he uses these guys will determine if they can go forward in the playoffs or not. And we've seen them, you know, kind of fall short in these big games because if Dave Roberts wants to get cute and stuff like that, I think that an improved performance from Dave Roberts in terms of playing chess with the lineup wins the Dodgers the World Series. Their team is so good, he gets in the way. I think he's a really good manager, but I think that you you got to be able to take that next step to make a good, hard decision to put your team in a better position, and we've seen he, he can't do that. Diamondbacks, what do you think? Backs. Um, I think the Diamondbacks X Factor is adding Starling Marte in there. Starling Marte can produce like the way he did when he was in Pittsburgh. He changed his entire batting order. You got Cattell Marte in there who I'm can't did he win the I don't know if he led in NL in batting average. I think he second. did. I think I think he was what, like three twenty two, something like that? Three seventeen, something in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I remember that it was it was coming down between him and a couple other guys, but I remember he was in last place last time I remember. But, yeah, I think that adding Starling Marte in there is massive. I mean, this guy was killing the ball in Pittsburgh when he had nothing around him. So imagine what he's going to do with a decent team around him. 329 is what Kettle Marte hit last year, and that's who I'm going to pick for my X Factor. I think the fact that he hits for such a good average and the fact that he had 32 home runs and almost 100 RBIs is really big. I think he's their best hitter right now. Uh, um, I think that if he can put together some sort of season like he did last year, 
the the Arizona could have a have a, have a winning record than some. The Giants. Who who I know the Giants. They're they're not really playing for much. But who do, who's your X factor on the Giants? What Giants? I'm probably gonna go with ask man. Like I really feel like no matter how well one player plays, it's not gonna change anything. But I'll go with Johnny Cueto just because if Cueto can come out there and pitch the way he used to, not only will they be able to get great return in him, on him at the trade deadline when they trade, but you know he can kind of set a little bit of a tone for this rotation for this team. If he can come out here, have a good outing against the Dodgers, and they can somehow pull off an upset, I feel like he changes the team's entire mindset that we're slept on rather than that we're trash. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I 100% agree. I had Johnny Cueto written down, and I couldn't say it any better myself. For the Colorado Rockies, I have Bud Black, simply for the reason that I said earlier. The lineup has been the same almost throughout his four years in Colorado. Can he get the most out of these guys, and can he put them in a position to win? Pitching is way too bad, I think. And I just feel like these guys lose all their confidence pitching in Colorado. You know, I feel like it just kills their confidence. And I mean, it shouldn't translate to them pitching bad on the road, but it still does. So I think that I think I think at the end of the day, the pitching is the problem. Uh, for the San Diego Padres, um, I have in a make or break year, Jerickson Profar. He hit 218 last year. He cannot hit 218 against this year. He he will have to get that average up to about 260, and I think he will, and he can. Yeah. I'm actually going to go with a combination of any of their starting pitchers outside of um, outside of Chris Paddock. I feel like if they can get that extra bump that you get from a stud starting pitcher, that it takes this team to the next level and makes them one of the best teams in baseball. Fair enough. Let's go over to some record predictions. Um, starting the AL West, the team that wins the AL West, in my opinion, is the Houston Astros with a 37 and 23 record. They're still the good, great Houston Astros that we know and love. They lucked out by getting Dusty Baker, super talented team, and it's their division to lose. Yeah, you on that one. I mean, it's their division to lose, like you said, and is like I said too. I mean, if they are a competitive bone in their body, they're gonna hear all these teams calling them cheaters and everything, and they're gonna say, "F that. We'll show y'all. We can do. We can." whoop y'all's ass just as easily without cheating and they can they did you know like it's like it's not like they needed to do it they just they just got greedy and tried to get too many wins at once um in second place in the al west i have the la anaheim angels with a record of 32 and 28 lots of offseason additions rotation still bad but not as bad and trout can take take them the whole way if he has some help need some starting pitchers yeah Agree with you on this one here. I think that uh, basically between the Rangers, Angels, and between and the um, A's, that all three of these teams are pretty much all on the same level. But when I look at all of them, the Rangers, I mean, their batting is a little bit weaker than these other two teams. And when I look at the Angels, their starting pitcher, in my opinion, is absolutely atrocious. I think it's one of the worst in the MLB out of all these decent teams. And so, I mean, I have to go with the A's, man. I feel like they have the most – consistency in their order along with great pitching and I mean I feel like great pitching and great bullpen can make up for a lot of your sins and keep you in games you shouldn't be in when you're not hitting the ball so I like the A's man yeah I like the A's too and I have them in third place with a record of 31 and 29 but I think that the season is a little bit too short for their liking they they're used to having a whole lot of time to come out and test things out and get things working because they do not have that time they start the season in a panic and they drop a few games early in fourth place um, I have the Texas Rangers with a record of 28 and 32, just under 500. Talented team, powerful batting with decent arms, but we don't think that they're going to put it together um, 
I have written down. I guess I had a thought um, earlier in the week. Less hitter friendly ballpark than than the old one. So I guess I kind of looked up some dimensions and kind of determined that it was less hitter friendly than the old ballpark was in Arlington. Yeah, I actually have the Rangers in this spot as well, but I think it's mostly their pitching, man. I think this pitching is to be really really good for them. And I think they've got enough with the bats and everything that they can get the job done. So I'm going to go with the Rangers here as well. And in last place, we got the uh, the Seattle Mariners with a record of 22 and 38. Horrible rotation slash staff in the in the bullpen. It's not a good lineup, really. There are some good players, but not a really good lineup. Um, last in the division, it's going to be tough to compete with these teams in the AL West. Yeah. Oh gee, I flip flop. I have the Rangers finishing third. I have the eight. I have the Angels finishing all the way in fourth. I think this pitching is really going to screw them over, and I also think that Trout will probably lead the team early once they fall out of the race. So, um, so that's why I'm down on the Angels this season. I think next year's the Angels year more so. I think some of these teams are just still like kind of a step away. But I mean, not much needs to be said about the Mariners. I mean, they're they might be the worst team in baseball between them and the Giants. The Orioles too. Um. Yeah. Shift gears going to the NL West. Uh, record predictions in first place, of course, with a record of 40-20, and 20, the L.A. Dodgers. They've been effective in short runs before, which plays into their hand this season. Best lineup in the NL, not just in the West. They lost but replaced lots of talents. Um, there's, no, there's no or little competition. They won the West by 21 games last year. That's almost half as many games as we're playing in the whole season. So I think there's no competition for them. I agree. I mean, especially, too, with these teams that have two or three – or that have, like, two, three, four good starting pitchers, you can shorten up your rotation and kind of change your approach and everything down the stretch. So, I mean, man, if it's even close, the Dodgers are just going to let Kershaw and Bueller carry them. So, I'm not worried about all about them not getting Bruce place. All right. In second place in this division, I have the Arizona Diamondbacks with a record of 32-28. and 28. They are a wild-card contender. Need to see the new addition shine. There's not very much pop. In the lineup, there's there was four players with more than 20 home runs, but only one with 30. So there's there's not a whole lot of pop in the lineup, just a lot of good hitters. Um, good bullpen, okay rotation. There's one to two stars away from being like really good, but they're still competitive. I have Arizona in this spot. I think their pitching is going to be good enough to carry them on to the playoffs, and I think the hitting adding Starling Marte will help them take off. In third place, I have the San Diego Padres, a really talented roster. Could be one year ahead of schedule, but as of right now, we're going to assume they're on schedule. They could use an ace, uh, really, really good infield, good bullpen, could compete for a wild card, but let's see how the manager in his first year kind of kind of gets them off the ground and, 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 and gets them going. Yeah, this is well. I think the Padres will be right on the cusp, but I just I don't know, man. I just feel like new manager – young team, short season, you're still one year away. Or, I mean, the Padres could just come out here and absolutely smoke the ball. But I really, really like the fact they added Tommy Pham. I don't think it gets enough recognition as it deserves. In fourth place, I have the Colorado Rockies uh, at 25-35. and 35. They did little to improve a fringe good lineup. Blackman, Story, and Arenado is a good core. that They can only take you so far. You need pitchers and a staff. That offense can't carry that, that bad pitching the whole year. No, the bad pitching will catch up to them, and I think the Rockies end up coming in last place. In last place, I have the San Francisco Giants with a record of 22-38, and one of the worst records I think we will see. They have a few good players. They have a few good contact hitters. 
starting pitching is pretty bad. Inexperienced bullpen because they lost so many guys. And, and, and Gabe Kapler is extremely worrisome at manager. He just needs more talent and a new manager. Yeah, I think there's just not much good things you can say about the Giants. As much as I want to try to find something good to say about them, just because I hate to always be negative, but I just don't see anything good coming from the Giants. Thomas Penland, we are done with our player predictions. One question before we get out of here. Who is the best team out of the 10 teams we just talked about? About it. In my opinion, the Dodgers are the best team in baseball. The Dodgers and the Yankees, I think, are on another level from everybody else. So it's just, I just, there's no way I can't not say the Dodgers here. All right, Thomas Pillen, that sure was fun. Let's plug yourself and get ready for some baseball tonight. Follow me on Twitter at TP3Bets, um, or no, at TP3Wins on Instagram at TP3Bets. And then and also look for me on TRPLive.com. I actually just posted a baseball article on there today about tonight's uh, Dodgers and Giants game. It's kind of a no-brainer, but that was my uh, max bet, so that was the one I had to go with the article on. He sure did. Ladies and gentlemen, you can find the podcast at TDDPod on Instagram and Twitter. On Facebook, you can search Daily Degenerate Podcast. Uh, we have a few private groups on Facebook, the Sports Connection, and the Daily Degenerate Sports Shit Talk. We do a lot of baseball talk, especially the last few days. So if you want, hit me up and I'll get you an invite to one of those private groups. About 2,000 people in each one, I think. So we're getting pretty big. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Cohen underscore Hughes or search Facebook for Cohen Hughes. I do not do Twitter, but I will be putting up a few bets today. So be on the lookout for that. Um, really, really, really big day today for bets. So. Opening day could not come at a better time, Thomas Penland. Thank you for coming on with me, and uh, we will see you guys next week. Thanks, fellas.